Hey there, it's Alex. Just a really quick announcement before we get started here. We were totally booked out for our Cost of Glory Rome retreat this summer, 2024, June 30th through July 7th. But we've managed to make some adjustments and we've found room for another one or two slots. So if you're interested in visiting the great sites of Rome, discussing the merits of Rome's greatest men with me, and also improving as a speaker with the insights of ancient rhetoric and a whole lot of live practice and discussion, check out the retreat website at costofglory.com retreat. Hope to see you in Rome. Okay, now for the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cost of Glory where it is our mission to retell the lives of the great Greek and Roman heroes in order to sharpen ourselves for the present. We use Plutarch as our guide. Today, a brief episode, and we're going to make it the Christmas episode too. First, a brief announcement. We'll be taking a two-week hiatus for the Christmas holidays. Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. Happy holidays if you don't. So we'll be coming back December 28th, a Tuesday. So, a brief recap and some closure on Pyrrhus before we start the countdown to Gaius Marius, and then a holiday message for everyone. Now, in this life of Pyrrhus, we've heard about Pyrrhus's amazing rise to becoming one of the greatest warrior kings of antiquity, how he humbled the Romans on many separate occasions, and perhaps at the end was humbled by them too, depending on who's telling the story. We heard about his abortive venture to Sicily, where he fought the Carthaginians, those Phoenician colonists of the Western Mediterranean, originally from the Middle East, from Syria, Lebanon, really, but based in those days, the Carthaginians, in modern Tunisia, in Carthage. And we heard about Pyrrhus's return to Greece, how he vied for supremacy over Macedonia and Greece against Antigonus Gonatas, the son of Demetrius grandson of Antigonus the One-Eyed, who was the great foe of Eumenes of Cardia. And listen to Eumenes's life, if you haven't yet. Find out more about the breakup of Alexander's kingdom. It's a great story. So Pyrrhus lost that war with Antigonus when he was killed in a street battle in Argos in 272 BC. He had two surviving sons, though, Alexander and Helenus. These were the grandsons of Agathocles of Syracuse. Now, With Pyrrhus, the hopes for Epirus to become the supreme hegemon of Greece were ended once and for all. The Molossian royal house, though, that Pyrrhus belonged to stayed in power for another two generations. His son Alexander actually ruled for many years. And Epirus was self-sovereign, really, for about a hundred years after Pyrrhus died. Though it was very much influenced by the will of Macedonia, and that was exactly, of course, the situation that Pyrrhus had been trying to prevent all along. And the Romans, eventually, in the 190s BC, became embroiled in a major war with the Macedonians, the Second Macedonian War. And they were actually fighting the grandson of Antigonus Gonatas. His name was Philip V. And this was about 80 years after Pyrrhus died. And the Romans won that war. It's a story that we'll hear more about in the life of Flamininus, who was the Roman commander responsible for that victory. There's also reported that this was the first Roman honored as a god in his lifetime. Again, that's really another story, uh, the story of the Roman conquest of Greece. 
So Epirus was more or less taken over by the Romans in subsequent years after that. It was actually in the 170s BC when the Romans finally fought yet another war with the Macedonians, the Third Macedonian War, that time against Philip V's son, so Antigonus Gonatas' great-grandson. His name was Perseus. And what do you know? There's another Plutarch biography that covers that war too and those events. It's the life of Aemilius Paulus. So we'll get there. Don't worry. But Pyrrhus's venture to Italy had more immediate consequences for Rome. You'll recall from episode three how the Syracusans, those leading citizens in the leading city of Sicily, they might possibly deserve some blame for failing to follow through and support Pyrrhus's war effort in mopping up the Carthaginians off the island. They didn't want to help him build a fleet, put up the funds, and all that. That was at least what Pyrrhus's charges were. Well, if the Syracusans were at fault, then they certainly got their comeuppance just eight years after Pyrrhus died. So there was a dispute eight years after Pyrrhus died in 264 BC. It was a dispute between the Syracusans and the Mamertines. Remember the Mamertines? Those are those mercenary thugs who took over Messina and uh, opposed Pyrrhus's return to Italy also when he was coming through Calabria and he sliced one of them in half, according to the story. Well, these Mamertines called in the Carthaginians for support in a dispute that they had against Syracuse. But they also called in the Romans at the same time. And both of these great powers came in 264 BC, and they proceeded to fight over who was the most legitimate ally of these Mamertines. And this was what started for Rome, the great generations-long conflagration that became known as the Punic Wars. In the first Punic War, Sicily was really the apple of discord, as it were, between the Romans and the Carthaginians. It was the the prize that they were fighting over. And the Romans called the Carthaginians the Punics, or the, the Poini in Latin. And that's where we get the name Punic War. Poini, actually a Roman kind of garbling of Phoenician. So they, the Romans called them Phoenicians, really. Now, that's a story for another occasion, of course. The Romans eventually conquered Syracuse in the Second Punic War. We'll recount that sort of sad story in the life of Marcellus, the uh, great philosopher Archimedes is a character in that story. So that's for later, but Pyrrhus somehow tangentially, in summary, might have pushed things closer to the brink for these two powers, for Rome and Carthage. If anything, it was by leaving a sort of power vacuum in Sicily that became the prize that the two powers fought over. There's actually an apocryphal story that as Pyrrhus was sailing away from Sicily for the last time, he looks back at the shore and he said to the people standing around him, Ah, my friends, what a wrestling ground for the Carthaginians and the Romans we are leaving behind us. And Plutarch actually relates that one. And he gives some hints that he also thinks it's a little too good, right, for Pyrrhus to say that sort of post-event prophecy. But it's a nice story, isn't it? We'll do more analysis of Pyrrhus' character in his proper place, in the Plutarchan place, um, in the comparison episode, of course. 
But I want to close with some seasonal reflections, since it's that season. It's a season for gift-giving, you might say. So this Christmas, or whatever it is you're celebrating, think of the many gifts that Pyrrhus offered to the Romans. Gifts they all refused. Maybe ask yourself, what do your gifts really mean? We should always give everyone else the benefit of the doubt. Let their gifts be honest and pure-hearted. But you, why are you giving what you give? And are you giving to the people who really need it? You know, the Romans celebrated the Saturnalia around this time of year. Remember that festival that Pyrrhus was supposed to have sent the Roman captives home in time for? It was the Roman custom for Saturnalia that the masters on that special day would offer table service to the slaves in the household. It was a sort of a restoration of the golden age, the age of Saturn, as they thought of it, before men needed to work and toil and before they learned to enslave each other. And don't they say that the Christian celebration of the nativity drew some aspects from Roman Saturnalia? Well, whatever you're celebrating this year, I hope it's special, and I hope it's with people that you love and care about. Make it that way. Stay safe out there, stay strong too, and most importantly, stay ancient. Season's greetings and Merry Christmas from Ancient Life Coach. Until next time, this is Alex Petkus.